Hi, uh, welcome to the Homicide Canada podcast. Uh, I'm here with my co-host and producer, Tammy. Uh, together, we're the hosts of the Homicide Canada podcast. I believe this is uh, episode 43. So, yeah, that's great. Uh, in this episode, uh, we're going to cover uh, the October homicides that happened in Canada in 2023. Um, yeah, and besides our podcast, uh, you can go to our website, homicidecanada.com. And yeah, we have basically tried to, for every homicide that happens in Canada, we try to have a, a page for that. Uh, we got an email address too. You can hit us up on it. It's, uh, I believe, info at homicidecanada.com. Um, we've also got um, pages for all the provinces and all the municipalities. Well, not all the municipalities, the bigger ones. Um, where, yeah, if you want to go like, how many homicides have been there in been in my town, um, or actually probably more city uh, this year? You can go there, and I'll have links to the the individual homicides. Um, yeah. So besides that, uh, where we're we gonna get to? Uh, what we're we gonna start with? Okay, um, we're gonna start with uh, the number year to date homicides in Canada that we've managed to track so far. Uh, we're recording this. Uh, let's see here, November twenty fourth, and so we have five hundred and fifty seven we found so far. Uh, uh, the gender that we know, uh, male is 369, uh, female is 138. Uh, so that projects out if it was the same rate as the, the, the earlier part of the year for the rest of the year to 620 total, um, which is a lot less than the 739 we found last year. Um, yeah. Um, I think like usually we'll find, uh, some more as like even once the year ends in that, um, but not that much more. So I think, I don't know. I think it's fairly safe to say that there'll be less homicides in Canada this year than last year, uh, and by a fair amount. Um, yeah, and right now the projected homicide rate per 100,000 is 1.62, which is uh, pretty low because I was reading an article recently where Sweden is at like five, so wow. that's pretty wild. <laughs> okay. Uh, we also have the homicide rates per 100,000 uh, for all the provinces, so I'll just go over them now. Uh, as usual, Manitoba is topped with 5.31, Hundred thousand, then as is often the case, Saskatchewan is in second with four point three two, Alberta in third with two point three two, uh, BC in fourth with one point seven eight, Newfoundland in fifth with one point five three, uh, then Ontario with one point four five, Nova Scotia with one point three eight, uh, New Brunswick one point zero, Quebec zero point eight, and PI has uh, a rate of zero because they still have not had a homicide yet in two, 2023. So good for those Islanders. Uh, let's see here. Oh, we also have some of the major municipalities. Um, as is often the case, Winnipeg is in the lead with 5.2. Uh, Edmonton is in second with 4.4, which is interesting because, uh, through this year, Edmonton was like at some point, so they were in first, but hmm. seems like they've, uh, I think maybe Edmonton has had, had few homicides recently and maybe Winnipeg's had some more. So, okay. Uh, Regina is in third, uh, with 3.39. And then Toronto in fifth, or no, Toronto in fourth with 2.43. Vancouver in fifth with 2.18. Uh, then Calgary with 1.7. Montreal with 1.67. Uh, Hamilton with 1.56. Uh, Ottawa with 1.53. Halifax, 1.27. Uh, and then the Toronto suburbs of Mississauga, 1.24. And Brampton, 0 0.85. In October 2023, there were 45 homicides compared to 65 last year. So that's a decrease of 33%. That's pretty huge. That is a big decrease. Yeah. 
And that could be partially, um, yeah, like why we're fighting over also some uh, fewer homicides, because, yeah, that's a big decrease you yeah. missed there. Okay. Um, so in the month of October, who were the oldest and youngest homicide victims in Canada? So the oldest victim was an 88-year-old woman in Thorn Thorburn, Nova Scotia, uh, Pictou County, District RCMP uh, responded to a report of a man who attempted to break into a home on Greenwood Street in Thorburn or on October 30th at around 9 a.m. Uh, he fled the scene and be began running through the woods with an axe. Uh, officers arrived at the scene and began searching the area for the man. Uh, some officers entered the suspect's home, which is also on Greenwood Street, and located an 88-year-old woman suffering from serious injuries. Uh, she was rushed to the hospital where she died of her injuries, and then... RCMP officers established that the suspect was 61-year-old John Douglas Cress, and an emergency alert was issued in Pictou, uh, Antikanish, and Colchester counties, approximately 10 a.m. in Nova Scotia. Uh, then eventually, RCMP Air Services located Cress, who was suffering from serious injuries in the woods behind Greenwood Street using uh, FLIR technology, F-L-I-R, which is thermal imaging. Um, then the uh, members of the RCMP ERT then safely arrested him. He was taken to the hospital with a police escort, and he has since been charged with secondary murder. Um, I guess, Tammy, we don't know if he's, like, uh, so the victim was an 80-year-old woman, and then he is, how old was he? 61. 61. Uh, we don't know if there's any relationship between those two then? Or? No, they haven't released okay. any of that yet. Of course they wouldn't. The RCMP, <laughs> they never release anything. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, we'll see if we, we'll keep tracking it and see if we can get her name. And also the relationship. Um, and yeah, so that's a crazy one. All right. Uh, the second, uh, so the youngest victim was a six year old and it's part of a quadruple homicide in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. And we'll talk about that one later. Uh, all right. The provincial homicides in the month of October. So Ontario, the most populous province led with 20, uh, then Alberta and BC both had six. Saskatchewan had five, uh, Quebec had three, uh, Nova Scotia had two, Manitoba had one, New Brunswick had one, um, Let's see here. Uh, Northwest Territories had one. And then U the Yukon, um, Newfoundland, Nunavut, and PEI all had zero in the month of October. It's kind of crazy that Manitoba had one. Yeah. <coughs> it's uh, unusual. Yeah. So the cities with more than one homicide, Sault Ste. Marie had four. That was a quadruple homicide. Edmonton had three. Toronto had three. Guelph had two. And Quebec City had two. Ah, it's like Quebec City some years, I think, has like zero homicides. So like yeah. two. And and it wasn't a double homicide. It was no, two different unrelated, ones. Yeah. And murders by type, 26 unknown, 11 shootings, three stabbings and four others this month. OK, so, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of unknowns this month. Yeah. OK, um, so let's get to the noteworthy October murders. Uh, so this part we go through some of the more, I guess, interesting homicides in that not that there are well i don't know everybody's everybody's important but these ones are at least i don't know a little more unusual um so there was five dead in a sault st marie shooting um uh, i believe the four is the, the largest single uh, or the largest homicide count anywhere uh this month uh three of the victims were children uh and also one adult, and then the, the fifth deceased uh, was the shooter. Sault Ste. Marie police responded to a 911 report of a break-in at a residence in the 200 block of Tancred Street on a October 23rd around 10.20 p.m. Uh, upon arrival, officers located one victim, a 41-year-old, uh, deceased from a gunshot wound. 
Um, at approximately 10.30 p.m., uh, 911 communicators re received another report of someone with a firearm in the residence in the 200 block of Second Line East. Uh, police arrived to find a 45-year-old victim injured with a gunshot wound. Uh, they were taken to the hospital, and when police entered the home, it lo also located a 6-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 12-year-old, all deceased from gunshot wounds. Um, the 44-year-old shooter was also located deceased from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The names of the accused and the victims uh, were not going to be released by the Sault Ste. Marie police. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we don't have uh, gender, I guess, on the children. No, they didn't release anything about that. Probably. Okay. And I guess we don't, I guess we don't necessarily know who the gender of the shooter was or. We, no, we okay. don't know. <laughs> we can speculate, yeah. but we don't know it for sure. Okay. Two arrested and then released in relation to a homicide of Tristan Seeger, who was run down by a vehicle in Kelowna. Kelowna police were dispatched to the report of a bear spraying incident in the Rutland community on October 21st at approximately 4 p.m. Officers determined that bears, the bear spray incident occurred involving a group of teens, which resulted in a number of people being bear sprayed. While attending the scene, police were then notified of a 15-year-old who was struck by a vehicle in the middle of an intersection at Franklin and Houston Roads. The victim, Tristan Seeger, was rushed to Kelowna General Hospital in critical condition and later succumbed to his injuries. Investigators believe the victim was struck by a vehicle associated to the nearby prior bear spraying incident. Kelowna police said two suspects have been arrested and released pending criminal charges. Kelowna RCMP Serious Crimes Unit have taken conduct of this homicide investigation and are currently interviewing witnesses and collecting additional evidence. Anyone with video or information regarding these incidents are asked to contact the RCMP at 250-762-3300 and reference file number 2023-63092. Yeah, so I guess teens fighting in that bear spray, and then ends up getting run over in a like in a in an intersection. Then yeah, like uh, how how did that happen? Is yeah. it just like kids being yeah silly kids? And so um, the two suspects, it says you said they were arrested and they released pending criminal charges. Yeah. Uh, so the the charges haven't been laid yet. Then no. Okay. So yeah, yeah I wonder. I wonder if it's going to be a manslaughter charge because who knows? Maybe they bear sprayed themselves while bear yeah. spraying others, and I guess we'll find out yeah. sooner or later. Okay. Uh, so the next one. So Aaron Daniel Crawley was charged with the murder of a woman in Coal Harbor, Nova Scotia. Uh, I believe Coal Harbor is the home of Sidney Crosby. Oh. Uh, Halifax District RCMP, with assistance from Halifax Regional Police, responded to a hit and run on Shrewsbury Road in Coal Harbor. Uh, RCMP officers learned that a good Samaritan was rendering assistance to a woman who was being held against her will in a Mercedes. Uh, the victim was located at a nearby residence that was occupied by a man known to the victim. Uh, police said uh, when uh, the good Samaritan intervened and they were knocked to the ground along with a woman who was being held against her will. Uh, the man then proceeded to intentionally strike the woman with the vehicle before fleeing the scene. Uh, two off-duty police officers who were at a nearby residence ran to the scene and provided first aid to both women. Uh, the victim, a 30-year-old Dartmouth, Nova Scotia woman, uh, 
with suffered life-threatening injuries, and the Good Samaritan suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, they were both transported to hospital by EHS, where the 30-year-old woman died of her injuries. Uh, police issued a dangerous person emergency alert at approximately 5.45 p.m. with the name, a photo, and descriptors of the man involved. And at approximately 6 p.m., RCMP officers safely arrested the 33-year-old Cole Hubbard man who was on a foot near Highway 7 and Lake Major Road and Westfall. Um, he has been identified as Aaron Daniel Crowley by several outlets. He is facing um, charges of first-degree murder, assault with a weapon, and failure to comply with the release order, uh, four counts. So that's like, yeah, back-to-back -back ones. We're talking about somebody using their car to kill someone in that. Um, I guess interesting that, uh, yeah, that uh, it First degree murder, but although from the sounds of this, that uh, it was it sounds it was pretty premeditated in that. Like yeah. yeah, it wasn't just sort of like uh oh, we're having a fight, but yeah, that's been happening like vehicle related homicides in Canada more often too, just like the the fire ones. Yeah, it's uh, it seems like yeah, it's becoming a more like I don't know maybe we should almost track them separately. Yeah, maybe because we put them under the other category. Yeah, from uh, beatings, stabbings, and shootings. So. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's a thing to look at in the future. Yeah. Okay. A 17-year-old has been charged with first-degree murder, armed sexual assault, and attempted murder in relation to the homicide of 19-year-old Daphne Jolivet and injuring a 16-year-old teen in Quebec City. Quebec City Police said they responded to a home on Genevieve Lamar Street on October 26th, just after midnight, after obtaining information from a 16-year-old drunk driving suspect. On arrival, police located 19-year-old Daphne Jolivet, deceased, and a 16-year-old male teen who was critically injured in a residence in Quebec City's Limalou District. A male victim, the male victim was taken to hospital for his injuries, and according to reports, the 16-year-old drunk driver was arrested for impaired driving and vehicle theft. And the update was that the 17-year-old had been charged with first-degree murder, armed sexual assault in relation to the homicide, and attempted murder and aggravated assault against the boy. The victim and accused were seemingly unknown to each other, and according to reports, the Crown said on November 14th they will seek an adult sentence if the youth is convicted. Police said he was 16 at the time when the crime occurred. Anyone with information that could further this, further this investigation is urged to call 911 or the Quebec City information line at 418-641-2447. Um, yeah, there's like a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Um, so I guess... At the time, a 16-year-old, now 17-year-old, was charged with first-degree murder. And he was stopped for drunk driving. Oh, wait. So, okay. Um, so, so the, so the, okay, it says, like, obtaining information from a 16-year-old drunk driving suspect. So, the, yeah. like, they're the same person then? Yeah. Or? Okay, all right. That was confusing. Yeah, so, so I wonder, like, if he spilled the beans when he got pulled over? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it like seems a little sort strange. Of, yeah, yeah, like. Uh, yeah, like uh, yeah, like that seems odd, but I don't know. I guess driving drunk in a stolen car, and then I don't know. Why not confess to other stuff too? I guess. I guess like, uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that's pretty pretty strange. Um, 
And so, okay, so he was arrested originally with the impaired driving and the vehicle theft, and then I guess added on the first degree murder and attempted armed sexual assault in that. So, okay. yeah, that's a, a really. All right. And then there was one. another, I guess, another victim then, or? A 16 year old boy was okay. also with the girl, I guess, okay. at the time of her murder. Okay. Uh, do we know, like, like, an address anywhere in Quebec City or? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one. Uh, so the remains of uh, 2018 missing man Kevin Bonata Rosas uh, was found buried in the yard of his residence in Elmwood Avenue in Richmond Hill, Ontario, which is just uh, north of Toronto. Uh, York Region Police said in a press release that Kevin Bonata Rosas was last seen at his residence on Elmwood Avenue on June 21st, 2018. Uh, he's reported missing by family on June 26, uh, 2018. Efforts to find him were unsuccessful, and his disappearance was deemed suspicious. Uh, the homicide unit assumed control of the investigation in April 2021. Uh, police announced on April, oh, sorry, October 24, 2023, that on June 5, 2023, human remains were found buried in the yard of his home on Elwood Avenue. Uh, forensic examination confirmed there be the remains of Kevin Bonada Rosas, um, and the death is being classified as a homicide. The cause of death is not being released. Um, so this one also has a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, so I guess he gets reported missing by his family five days after he's gone missing. Yeah. And then he's found, like his remains are found buried in the yard of the home. Yeah. It makes you wonder if someone has since bought the home and maybe doing work in the yard. That's, that's certainly possible in that. Like um, how, how else would yeah. you find it? And also? no one has been charged then, no. I guess. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, no suspects, no charges. Yeah, and we don't know, did he live alone in this home then, or was family there, or? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It's an interesting one. I, I really hope <laughs> we hear more about it. <laughs> and no one has been charged as of yet? No. Okay. And, yeah, like how would they... M- miss that because you figure if he went missing that there would be like if you dig up grass you can tell yeah like, right? you, like <laughs> you would assume that the police might visit the home like his home and that yeah. and like but i don't know like I don't maybe know, like, not i guess the thing is you know big yard maybe you like dig it up and then put something over it or something like that and then i don't know people don't didn't i don't know i guess please figure out maybe he's run away or something like that or yeah, like, yeah whatever and like, i guess they didn't they weren't really sp- specific with where it could have been in a garden bed yeah don't know. so or like the uh the um what is it the um toronto uh gay serial killer guy he used yeah. the, the planters flower in that. pods yeah the wow. planters in that <laughs> so who knows we don't know we'll keep looking though because this is definitely like yeah, you go missing and then you end up like buried in your own house. Like that's yeah. like pretty weird. And also the thing is like who who would do that? Like so I'm like very curious like did he live with any family members and that? Like yeah. I don't know, like he lived alone and his buddy killed him and then just like oh, I'll just bury him in the backyard or I don't know. So. Yeah, it seems like a bold move. But So yeah, so as of yet no arrests mm. in that one. So yeah, very strange. Okay. Okay, a warrant has been Issued for a 17-year-old male in relation to the fatal shooting of Michael Ferdinand at a Pickering Casino Resort. <coughs> Durham Region officers were called to a report of an armed person at the casino near Church Street and Highway 401 on October 9th at approximately 5 a.m. 
Police and paramedics arrive to find Michael Ferdinand suffering from injuries. He is rushed to a hospital where he died of those injuries. And according to reports, Ferdinand was a security guard at the casino. A 17-year-old is wanted on a Canada-wide warrant for second-degree murder. He's of no fixed address. However, he does have ties to the Driftwood area, which is in the Jane and Finch Avenue West area of Toronto. His photo and identity were distributed under a court order, and the information had to be removed from all publications by November 11th. So it's really not so helpful now. Yep. If you know his whereabouts or have any contact with the suspect since the murder, please call ho the homicide unit at 905-579-1520, extension 5444. Or if you would like to remain anonymous, you can call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. So, yeah, that one, too. I, I don't understand why they, like, they know or they believe this kid has killed someone why why put it up and take it down yeah it's uh it doesn't yeah it doesn't i don't know and he's still on the lamb then is that correct yeah so i heard i thought i saw i don't know if it was on twitter or somebody said that he was like making social media posts too i thought i read somewhere so uh yeah another so, one of those kids yeah so yeah and it's like yeah it's terrible like this yeah this you know um security guards at the casino and then yeah he just gets like um yeah just shot by this uh this uh, douchebag in that i guess like hopefully if he does get arrested then he'll be charged as an adult in that um, yeah i hopefully. believe actually we learned that uh, recently from that um calgary police officer killing where that uh kid ended up dragging him in that and he got yeah. he was under like obviously under 18 and charged as an adult and when he was finally convicted, it was interesting that uh, then they, they were able to actually publish his name in that. So Yeah, so maybe it'll be the same with yeah. this kid. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Um, okay. I guess I think we kind of like. Oh, we, yeah. we mixed so up our names I got to do yours. So, yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so Hamilton police are, are investigating the fatal shooting of Tito Kelly in Durand. Uh, it's a neighborhood in Hamilton. Uh, so Hamilton police responded to reports of multiple gunshots in the area of Herkimer Street and Carolyn Street South on October 3rd at approximately 11 p.m. Uh, on arrival, police located a 36-year-old man suffering from gunshot wounds in an alley. Uh, the man was rushed to a hospital where he then succumbed to his injuries. Uh, he was identified as 36-year-old Tito Kelly of Hamilton. Uh, a loaded firearm was located at the scene. Um, shortly after the discovery, police received information that a person was admitted to a local hospital with a gunshot wound. Uh, police are now investigating if the two incidents are related. Uh, the investigation was revealed, has revealed a small royal blue four-door sedan with dark tint fled the scene westbound on Markland Street at a high rate of speed. Uh, police are asking homeowners and motorists in the area to check their cameras between the hours of 10.50 p.m. and 11 p.m. for images of the vehicle. Uh, Hamilton police are encouraging anyone with information that you believe could assist police with the investigation into this crime to please contact Detective Deanny at 905-546-3836. Not sure if he's any relation to the former mayor of Hamilton. And uh, my old high school principal. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's interesting because that's kind of a like a decent sort of neighborhood in that, I guess. Yeah, kind of it's a bit nice on the, neighborhood. Kind of on the cusp in that of... Mm -hmm. Of yeah, so yeah, it it yeah, and so 
Yeah, I guess no suspects as of yet. No, and I guess it doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in. Yeah. Okay. Missing 45-year-old Guelph man found deceased and four people have been charged. Guelph police began a missing persons investigation involving a 45-year-old Guelph man named Kenny. His last name has not been released on October 8th. Investigators said he was last seen the first week of October in the Guelph Street area. Investigators said his body was found outside the city of Guelph by police service. His death is being investigated as a homicide, and police announced on November 2nd that 43-year-old, a 43-year-old Guelph male, a 39-year-old Guelph male, and a 47-year-old Guelph female have been arrested for accessory after the fact to murder. They appeared in court on November 3rd, and a 37-year-old Guelph male was arrested on Thursday, November 2nd. He is also charged with accessory after the fact. And anyone with information is asked to contact Detective Constable Kyle Winters at 519-824-1212, extension 7387, or email kwinters at So there's been, let me get this straight. So there's been four people arrested. Yeah. And they've all been charged with accessory after the fact to murder then. Yeah, so someone knows something. Someone knows something and somebody, but no one's been arrested for the actual murder then. No. Okay. <laughs> Yep. And we only know that his name is Kenny. Yeah, they only released like a picture of him and okay. said his name is Kenny. Really? It it was strange. I've never seen that before. Yeah, like that's... either they say nothing. Yeah. Not just part of the name. I guess you kind of save some of his privacy then, but like, you know, if you if you know who he is and that and you see a picture and, and it says yeah. Kenny, then you're like, "Oh, that's Kenny." Yeah. Um, but I guess everybody else is like, oh, well, that's Kenny, but I don't know who, who it guess. is. But I don't know. It seems it's fairly weird. strange. I, we've, yeah, I guess <laughs> we haven't seen that before. So, okay. Like, obviously, less and less information is getting uh, released on homicides. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, now we're in the section of the podcast where we're going to go over some notable updates and arrests that have occurred uh, in homicides, hopefully, we've covered in the past. Uh, so, Nanaimo, uh, British Columbia, home of the Nanaimo Bar. RCMP said that the March fatal overdose death of Wendy Head is now considered a homicide. So uh, the Nanaimo RCMP said that 53-year-old Wendy Head died in Nanaimo on March 7th, 2023, at a residence located in the 2300 block of Autumnwood Drive. Uh, RCMP since said the initial report of her death, significant information has been gleaned, which has led to recent advances into her tragic death and the circumstances surrounding it. Um, on October 18th, police said her death is being investigated as a homicide. Uh, investigators are convinced that there are individuals in Vancouver Island who may have information on this homicide that can further the investigation, said um, something Constable Gary O'Brien, our constable. I don't know what that stands for. Me neither. <laughs> okay. Of the, uh, of the Nanaimo RCMP, uh, if anyone has information on the, on the death of Wendy Head, please call the investigational tip line at 250-755-3257. Um, yeah, we always like talk about how, well, not all the time, but like we have definitely on previous episodes, like where, yeah, overdose deaths, how they sometimes, some police forces will charge certain, well, um, will consider certain homicides a, or certain overdoses a homicide in that. So yeah, we don't have a lot of information here. Like certainly, um, I think there's the, you know. If you knowingly buy fentanyl in that and then you die in that, it seems like 
occasionally that could get charged, but there's also somebody might, I guess, deliberately give what's called a hot shot where they have like a really high potency right. phenyl, um, I guess, injection, or I guess give them the drugs that make such an injection that. So yeah, it's strange in the sense that, uh, you know, there's a ton of homicide or not homicide. There's a ton of like overdose, dose de- uh, overdose deaths in Canada right now yeah. with fentanyl and that. And like, yeah, we've talked in the past, like if you made every one of them a homicide, then yeah, we'd have our homicide rate would go sky high. Uh, yeah. So totally. it's interesting too, because like, obviously, you know, if somebody asked me to buy them like a really big bottle of whiskey and I would buy it for them and then they drink it all and die of alcohol poisoning, then, I don't think that's homicide because, like, that was their choice. I'm just like, hey, I'll pick up some whiskey yeah. for you and that. Whereas, like, with fentanyl and that, I kind of feel like, or in heroin and that, like, I don't know. Like, you know, they they're, they know sort of what's going on in that. So Yeah, and we've only had a few in the past few years that have been, like, actual yeah drug overdoses. Yeah. But homicide-wise. Yeah. <laughs> There's not very many of them. No. And no one, I don't <laughs> think anyone's really, like, like trying to like i can't remember i'm going from memory but i don't know if many of them ended up being like the person actually got convicted or and if they did if it was like if i think sometimes they got charged with manslaughter and then ended up getting charged with something else like a lesser crime in that so i don't we'll keep following it but uh, yeah just making the observation that yeah this is like something that's happening in canada now so yeah Okay, Jesse Allen has been sentenced to life in prison with no parole for 15 years for the murder of 18-year-old Wayne Allen in Manitouage. Manitouage OPP responded to a report of a disturbance at a residence on Flicker Street on January 30th. Police and paramedics arrived to find 18-year-old Wayne Allen suffering from life-threatening injuries. He was rushed to hospital where he was pronounced deceased and the cause of death has not been released. And Jesse Allen, 38, of Manitouaj, was arrested at the scene and charged with first-degree murder. Police have not revealed the relationship between the victim and the accused, but it seems you like can make a guess. they're probably <laughs> related. Yeah. And on October 27th, an, Octo- an Ontario judge sentenced Jesse Allen to life in prison with no parole for 15 years for the homicide of Wayne Allen. Huh. Okay, and then yeah, and then I guess uh, yeah, but we didn't end up getting too much more information about the crime no. then, or no, it's okay, yeah. But especially OPP, OPP yeah. is very quiet. I guess yeah, it's a small town you have, or a small area, and you'd have to be like probably at the courthouse to to hear about it and, and that. So okay, uh, all right, the next one. Oh, I got a call that says likely spam. I'm not going <laughs> to answer that. <laughs> Okay, uh, this one is, I don't know, I would have to say this is probably the most interesting one of uh, what we're covering today's podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the headline is, some charges have been stayed against a Vancouver escort. Um, so the backstory is, Surrey, Surrey uh, British Columbia RCMP began an investigation in September 2021 after an officer at the Community Response Unit linked multiple reports of men being drugged and their belongings being stolen while utilizing an escort service. Uh, Dustin Lefebvre died in February 2021 as a result of being drugged. As a result of the investigation, investigators identified a suspect alleged to have committed multiple offenses in Surrey, Burnaby, Langley, and Vancouver, obviously nearby to each other, and the lower mainland. Um, police arrested 30-year-old Jessica Nicole Renee Kane, K-A-N-E, 
on September 20th, 2022, and charged her with manslaughter, uh, seven counts of uh, administering a stupefying, overpowering drug or substance, uh, six counts of theft over 5,000, one count of theft, four counts of fraud, uh, two counts of extortion. Uh, Surrey RCMP Media Relations Officer Corporal Vanessa Munn said, Investigators believe there could be others in the community who may have been information but reluctant to come forward to police. And the update is on October 25th, on 20, uh, October 25th, 2023. The Crown dropped two charges against the, the Vancouver escort, Jessica Kane, who was accused of drugging and robbing the clients in Burnaby, Vancouver, Surrey, and Langley. Uh, but she is next scheduled to appear in Surrey Provincial Court on November 2nd on charges of breaching a release order and trying to dissuade someone by, quote, threats, bribes, or other corrupt means, unquote, from presenting evidence. Uh, Kane is also scheduled to appear in Surrey Court again on November 23rd on other charges, including manslaughter, uh, theft over 5,000, fraud, and extortion uh, from alleged incidents in Burnaby, Vancouver, Surrey, and Langley. Um, anyone with off- information is asked to contact the Surrey RCMP at 604-599-0502. So, okay. So basically, and this is all alleged, this yeah. this prostitute, um, Jessica Kane, was, I guess, um, going to the victim's houses, I assume, or residences, and then drugging them, and then, I guess, probably stealing from them. And in yeah. this one case of this poor Dustin Lefebvre, he uh, was drugged and then, but I guess probably drugged a little too much and ended up dying. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, but she is now out on, I guess, not even bail or, or maybe, yeah, she, well, I don't know. So. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. I did see if, actually, I recommend if you take the name and go and Google it, I think there'll be like a global news uh, report where reporters chasing after her and, and interviewing her in a cab and that and it's oh. uh yeah it's <laughs> so she must it's kind of amusing i guess uh although obviously it's a sad case but like uh yeah. they're asking like what happened here and, and she's just not really answering um but yeah it's like yeah this is kind of crazy so huh i don't know i guess we'll keep following it because yeah it's pretty wild so yeah i don't know so she must have been released because she breached her release order, yeah right so does that mean after breaching, she went back to jail then? or I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Probably not. Nobody goes to yeah. jail. <laughs> she might have gone back in for a day and is back out again. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess that would typically be a, like, you know, manslaughter charge, I guess. Although, I don't know. <laughs> but she had intent, right? Yeah, but I guess kind her of? intent wasn't to kill the guy. No. Just to, like, knock him out to, like, steal from him. But, uh um, yeah, who yeah, knows? I don't That'll know. be interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure what that charge would end up being in that. That's true. But, uh, yeah, it's obviously, yeah, crazy escorts doing wacky stuff. So I think the thing is, yeah, um, if you're going to engage an escort, maybe hide your valuables. That's my, <laughs> that's my advice. So Okay, Jeff Jubin's Thieves and Obama Nudu Lufu. Sentenced in mistaken mafia hit at a Montreal cafe. Okay, here we go. I'll try to do this without messing up this time. Angelo D'Onofrio, who's known to police, was gunned down at around 4 p.m. on June 2nd at the Sinatra Cafe, formerly known as the Hillside Cafe, which is located at 2581 Fleury Street in Montreal. D'Onofrio was rushed to hospital where he died of his injuries. 
police would not confirm or deny that his death was a case of mistaken identity. Um, we have photos of both. Do they look similar? No. Okay. <laughs> um, on November 2nd, 2023, according to reports, Jeff Jubin's thieves and Obama Nadutu Lefeu planned to murder Antonio Vanelli, who was described in court documents as a member of a criminal organization. Uh, Lapresse.ca said on Antonio Vanelli signed a written statement explaining that his vehicle was parked near the cafe on the day of his murder. And on November 1st, Thieves was found guilty of first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years. Lefeo, the driver, was sentenced to life with no parole eligibility for 13 years after pleading guilty to second-degree murder. So... If they're trying to go with a case of mistaken identity, they're both old men. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> like they don't look similar. <laughs> at least to me. But yeah. look for yourself. It's on our website. Yeah, interesting that the uh the other the second guy only got thirteen years, but it seems like he pled guilty while the yeah. other one I guess went to trial. Must so, have, yeah. yeah. So I don't know, maybe in hindsight I don't know if they the crown decided that they were gonna go to like they weren't gonna give less than twenty five, but for I guess the uh, the shooter. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's always interesting. Like if the the getaway driver, like I don't know, aren't they pretty much just as culpable as the you shooter? Think. Yeah. Unless so. they had no idea, but yeah, usually that's, I'm that's sure they do. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, can't say for sure. That's true. <laughs> we can kind of maybe make uh, allege. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so the a male suspect was charged in a 1973 uh, Atawapiskat. I think that, I believe that's in Ontario, northern, well, far northern Ontario, homicide of Helen Carpenter. So on October 23rd, 1973, that's like pretty much, yeah, over 50 years ago, the body of 21-year-old Helen Carpenter was found in an outdoor area in Attawapiskat. Uh, there was an investigation at the time with no res resolution. Uh, police said an investigation to Helen Carpenter's death in Attawapiskat was renewed in late 2019 after a national inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls published its final report. Uh, two days after the 50th anniversary of her death, 78-year-old Remy Gregory uh, 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 I. Tail, uh, I think that's how that's spelled, of Atawapiskat was charged with manslaughter and rape as per the criminal code at the time of the alleged crime. Uh, he was 28 years old at the time of Carpenter's death. Um, so... OPP Detective Sean Glassford said for 50 years, the family Helen Carpenter and, and the community of Atawapiskat have been seeking answers concerning Helen's death. Now with the advancement of DNA technology and a focused investigation, the OPP have made an arrest in this case. As the matter is now before the courts, the OPP cannot elaborate on evidence or investigative process, processes which led to the arrest. So yeah, this is kind of amazing. Like, yeah, this... Uh, Guy is now 78 and uh, still alive. And, and never left the community. Yeah, never left the community. And for 50 years, yeah, he's basically been able to get away with this crime. And now he's finally getting ch char charged with murder. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine. Many years later. There's a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I don't know. That's crazy, though. But good for them for figuring yeah. that out. Colin Marcotte admits to fatally beating Patrick Chadock in Hamilton's eighth homicide of 2021. So here's the backstory. Hamilton police responded to a disturbance at 737 Barton Street East on June 13th. 
Police said they located a male in his 50s with signs of blunt force trauma in the second floor hallway. The victim was rushed to the Hamilton General Hospital where he was pronounced deceased. Police identified the deceased as a longtime tenant of the building, Patrick Chidock, 59 years old. And Carlin Marcotte, 47, was arrested and charged with second degree murder. Police said Marcotte was associated to the premises through another tenant who was not currently residing there. On November 6, 2023, 50-year-old Colin Marcotte admitted to fatally beating Chaddock to death. He was initially charged with second-degree murder, but that charge was withdrawn after he pleaded guilty to manslaughter. Marcotte was sentenced to eight years in prison, but after credit for time served in pretrial custody, including about four months of credit during the pandemic and frequent lockdowns, he has four years and one month on his sentence. According to reports, the fatal beating stemmed over an argument about garbage. So that address, um, since this podcast, it is a ha- like a Hamilton-based podcast, um, that is uh, the upstairs of the Wing Porium Bar. Okay. So, yeah. And as far as I know, because there used to be a bar there called the Prince Edward Tavern uh, that I used to frequent years ago, uh, hmm. usually during ti- or before or after Hamilton Tiger Cats games. Uh, so the area, the, the second floor above the bar is uh, sort of small, like, apartments without, like, individual washrooms and that. Oh, so, it's kind of, I know, yeah. like the old-time, yeah. old-timey kind. Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't know. It wouldn't shock me in that, that, like, you know, there people are living pretty densely there, and, yeah, yeah. there could be arguments over garbage and that. Although, admittedly, I would say probably you shouldn't murder your neighbor over garbage, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, I think it was the other way around. Yeah. I think the man who got murdered was complaining. He about was complaining about the other guy's garbage. garbage then. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. So clean up your garbage, people. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Uh, the <laughs> next one. Um, so York Regional Police in Ontario, uh, the cold case unit is pleased to advise that investigators have solved the 51-year-old homicide of 16-year-old Yvonne LaRose. So that's even older than the other one. Yeah. Uh, source for this update was Sergeant Clint Whitney of the York Regional Police. So. Yvonne LaRue, LaRue uh, was seen last alive at 10 p.m. on November 29, 1972, walking in the area of Oakdale Road and Finch Avenue West in the city of Toronto. Uh, the next morning, a passerby discovered her body in the middle of 16th Side Road between Jane and Keel Street in the township of King, uh, 24 kilometers north of where she was last seen. Uh, she had sustained blunt force trauma to her head, and her death was deemed as a homicide. Uh, despite the episode, uh, sorry, despite the efforts of dozens of investigators over the years, multiple appeals to the police by pu- public by police and after a family and a fifty thousand dollar reward issued twice by the York Regional Police Services Board, her killer was never found. Um, York Regional Police, along with many other law enforcement agencies across North America, have adopted uh, technological advancements, advancements such as investigative g- genetic genealogy or IGG. So IgG data, uh, IgG data is being used now as an investigative tool to identify suspect DNA left at the crime scene when other investigative leads have been exhausted. Uh, in criminal investigations, it can be identify relatives of the source of the crime scene DNA as a means to then identify the suspect. Uh, having exhausted all traditional investigative means in this case in 2022, investigators turned to IgG to assist with the investigation to, into Yvonne's murder. Um, using suspect DNA uh, found at the crime scene, which thankfully was secured at the time and preserved for more than 50 years. A DNA profile was generated and then uploaded to probable, 
public genealogical databases uh, through resulting information along with an exhaustive review of public and archival records and evidence gathered through traditional police techniques. Uh, investigators were able to identify relatives of the suspect and eventually the offender himself, Bruce Charles Cantillon. Uh, Cantillon was a 26-year-old who was living in Toronto at the time and known to police, having committed several violent offenses against women. Uh, he was incarcerated at various times in his life due to mental health issues. Bah, mental health issues. In 1974, 19 months after the murder, he killed himself in Toronto. Uh, if he was alive today, obviously he'd be facing a charge of murder. Um, now that this information has been released, if anyone has any information about the case or any other cold case, uh, please reach out to the cold case unit at one eight six six eight seven six five four two three. So yeah, it's uh, yeah another one's like over fifty years. Uh, solved with yeah. DNA. It's remarkable on that. So yeah, I guess more and more people are taking these DNA tests, yeah. so it's easier for yeah. That's obviously yeah. Obviously, one of his relatives took like one of these and submitted it in that, and then, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so yeah, that's been our 43rd episode. Uh, I believe that's a prime number. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we'll be back uh, probably in a month's time for the November homicides. Um, yeah, and so yeah, so our website again is homicidecanada.com. So yeah, we try to have a post for every homicide. And we have pages for the provinces, the major municipalities. Uh, you can also email us at info at homicidecanada.com. So if we've missed a murder, your municipality or province, you can, or anything else you'd like to say, please email us. Um, yeah, especially like some of the smaller places, it can be a little trickier to find about the homicides. Uh, and then also we have a Twitter at homicide underscore Canada. Our DMs are always open, so you can hit us there. Also, we usually put up most of the homicides, the, 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 the link to the page there. We also put up some stats there, so like, how many homicides there's been in Canada so far and like provincial um, stuff and that like municipality and stuff. So yeah, worth a follow, I think if you're listening to this podcast and then finally we're also on Facebook and on Instagram and we try to put posts for the homicides there. And I would just say, just search us on homicide Canada and we should come up. So yeah, that's been, Oh, Oh, sorry. That's been this month's episode. So yeah, until next time. <laughs>